0: I'm sorry,
1: you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you stop. like. What a stop, for ah! Jordan Bennett! Yeah! Jordan Bennett Jordan
0: Helena! I mean that sort of stuff. We're it, it's been, we're be- we're bigger than that. That interview was just like the performance. Flat. No. Well, I mean, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet, crying? I mean, well, say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Well, well, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for this week's uh, Friday Football Podcast, or I believe it's called the Football Podcast now, so, so Dave McIntyre tells me. I'm delighted to say I'll be joined uh, by Dave McIntyre. Nathan Murphy will join us at some stage, Dave. But uh, we're we'll wait will. for him to come in. He's, he's slacking off at the moment. He's busy. Yeah, he's. Oh, he, well, he's a very. He's busy management man. now. Yes, you know,
2: there's a lot going on behind the scenes. He's that, moved upstairs. You know, underlings like you and I would just never be aware of. Yes, that we exactly. never never get to worry our pretty little heads with.
0: But he's having fun. He's having fun. He's enjoying <laughs> himself. Let's just say that he, he enjoys the responsibility that it that it that it comes because with. Because it's made so. a man out of him. <laughs> was he ever a man <laughs> was, he, was he Was he ever I don't know we'll, we'll go back to that one maybe uh, another time but Dave what a week it's been what a it? week I th- it's I, been astonishing I don't recall any or, or a batch of results that we've had this week particularly the two the two that stand out one well, the PSG Barca game and the Bayern Arsenal game that's got so many ramifications across those particularly Arsenal particularly by uh, Barcelona
2: but even the games that no one has mentioned like if anyone had seen the goals from the Bernabeu last night yeah. some absolute worldies yes. Napoli led at one stage in that yeah. game where they had to turn it around Benfica with a brilliant win at home to Dortmund yeah. in their game like we're not going to get into those two yeah. but they're the two forgotten matches of the week that no one has paid that. any attention to
0: because we, we probably would have sat here we would have spoke across the four games wouldn't we we'd have said what sort of Performances they were, and you say I I, I did enjoy. I watched I watched the Benfica um, Dortmund game back, and it was it was one of those tight, competitive mm. games that you and I, the, the anarax in us, we like those sort of games and they're tight, but great to watch. intense really, and when they you, when celebrated that
2: match win. Uh, Profusely in the stadium uh, after the game with the fans. There was almost a lap of the pitch. They were, you know, arms up into the air and bowing to the fans. They'll probably get turned over in the second leg, but I mean, that match meant an awful lot to them. Yeah,
0: it did. It did. But I think the place to start is Tuesday. You and I were both covering the game Tuesday night. Um, Never have I seen. A performance like this Dave from Barcelona I've, I've never seen Bar- and I know that we we go back we look at the Bayern Munich game a few years ago and all these sort of things but Was I'm it different like, from that for you? It felt different Dave okay. it felt different in so many different ways Why? It, it, well, it felt as though it was a start of something very big for PSG that's the way it felt to me now whether or not they can maintain that sort of performance they haven't necessarily done that across this season I don't know but it certainly felt like yeah this is the end of that, that that magic I suppose that the, and, I'm, and I'm talking the magic I'm, of Barca prior to the Suarez's and the Neymars. I'm talking the Messis, the Iniesta's, the Busquets, and Xavi. We know Xavi's gone. Who's the next one to go? We probably all thought it would be Iniesta the next one to go. But the other night, and I said it the night in the show, Dave. I was, I, I've never felt as sad watching a game of football watching Iniesta because he, you, you know himself he's one of my favourite footballers, if not the favourite of, if not the. Favourite in my own head over the last 10, 15 years. Watching Iniesta play and develop. I just love watching him and seeing him get overran and overpowered in midfield the way that he did the other night against PSG. It was just phenomenal to watch, really, I thought.
2: They were outnumbered, though, weren't they? Andre Gomez just seemed to be standing in space. And so Busquets and Iniesta, from my own educated eye, in terms of watching it just i just felt that those two just couldn't handle what psg were throwing at them but even when you look at the age profiles yeah busquets not is not yet 30 so it's not like he should be even remote being he, he over the hill he never could, there, the could he, he never could <clears> just seemed to be in the right place at the right time in his career in, yes is the wrong side of 30 but it's the legs that Verratti and matuidi and rabio brought to the game yeah year. definitely just overran them
0: rabio was one as well I couldn't help it. He he was the most impressive. And I look at Verratti, was probably the best passer on the pitch. And Matuidi, we know what he gives you the side anyway. But he's probably someone that's gone under the radar, Rabiot. And he's he's never really been that player that's necessarily that standout player. When you watch him in these big games, he's invariably on the bench in the bigger ones or coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. Or if he starts, he's coming off. This... In many respects, felt to me, and he's only twenty. I think he's twenty-one, Dave. He's, in many he's respects,
2: 20, twenty-two now. I think just, he, yeah. he, made, he did play a couple of the big matches when Motta was injured in the last two seasons. Yeah. But you're right; this felt like his breakout. Game. But he
0: wouldn't have started this game if Motta wasn't suspended oh, as well. Absolutely not. And no. now I've now all of a sudden I'm going to be watching him a lot more closely. All of a sudden he's he's become he's come right into the forefront of my mind where I think, yeah, this boy, what a player this lad is. And I, I just think, I mean, there were so many standouts. Cavani without the ball, we look at them last season with with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, what what Zlatan Ibrahimovic brings to that side, yes, of course he brings the goals. But could they have produced that performance if Zlatan Ibrahimovic played in that match? I would probably say no. Because the
2: The movement is different? The movement,
0: everything, with and without the ball, they were just incredible. And Barca were made to look like amateurs. And I I said it post-match, actually, Dave. I think there was seven passengers in that Barcelona side, seven passengers, and if you've got that many passengers at that level, you just can't, you're never ever going to have a chance, are you?
2: You wonder what Cavani could have achieved had Ibrahimovic not been at the club because he scored 33 in 33 games now this season, which is a record that Ibrahimovic would be proud of Um, and he was really only chipping in with 20 to 25 goals a season because Ibrahimovic was getting somewhere between 45 and 50, so now he's the main man, I can't Imagine that you would put Ibrahimovic's absence down to the fact that they're now a little off the pace in La Liga, as in one win away from going back top. But maybe Cavani could have been the main man all along, and he's just showing us now.
0: But you know what, Dave? His goal-scoring record is actually very good. Even when he's been playing out on the right-hand side, not necessarily his best position and the suggestion is that he needs two or three chances to get a goal he's not necessarily that that one chance one, one, uh, one, chance, one mm. goal like you would think maybe Ibrahimovic when he's played for, for PSG but he's still scored 20 goals every season since he's been in yeah, PSG from a wider position, from a wider <clears> position. <throat> now, now he's the man down the middle through the middle and then always getting the chances but I think he gives them so much more without the ball. His work rate was absolutely phenomenal of the night. And I know that they've got two... I mean, we've got a great performance from Di Maria as well and, and Drax are alongside him. But I think when you're looking at a focal point of a side, it's always difficult when you're playing as a lone striker and the work rate you've got to do without it. You can't, you can't be, you you be, certainly can't go through a game and be that stereotypical, maybe going back 20, 30 years, be a number nine, play with your back to goal, hold, hold up play, don't necessarily work channels, don't necessarily work back fours, working behind... There's so much required from a number nine now. Even if you're not in the game at times, you've got to continuously run. You've got to continuously be going closing down. And he gives you that. That's what Cavani gives you, and that was the difference. I thought that the number nine from uh, PSG, considering how what he gives you, or the two Uruguayans, I would say, and Suarez from Barca. Suarez just didn't get into the game. Wasn't able to get into the game, and that was by and large down to the, to the performance from PSG.
2: Barca are obviously the story, um, and then from Wednesday. Arsenal are probably the story but before we leave PSG because it probably feels like you're <clears throat> we'll be doing them a disservice and taking some credit away from them by constantly talking about how bad Barcelona yeah. were
0: What about Kimpembe as well? See,
2: I was going to mention him right, and well. in the absence of like their gnarly veteran talismanic captain and defender Thiago Silva Kimpembe comes in to make his Champions League day but I think it was only his 21st senior First team professional yeah. appearance. I think it's
0: only nineteen. He's only played nineteen, and I think fifteen of those were starts in League and top level, top level football. He just looks starts, supremely Seventeen confident. starts, whatever it is. So
2: it looks like you know has put a system in place whereby it doesn't really matter who in the matchday squad starts. Yeah. He's lost two of his most reliable guys in Thiago Silva and Thiago Mata, and neither were missed. Totally, and the other two boys just slotted
0: in do you know what the the suggestion was Uh, Philippe Ocler was on the show on Tuesday night and you and I obviously wouldn't have have listened to it I listened to it afterwards I listened to it last night he said as soon as the draw was made Unai Emery focused two or three times a week or continuously on Barcelona he he didn't necessarily you know put the league to one side because he knows that essentially you have to focus to an extent but that was the focus every single day every single week he was working towards that game and very few managers have got the luxury of, of being able to do that. He's, he's done it and he's put a plan in place to go and stop, first and foremost, stop Barcelona and then go and beat them yeah. with the talent. Well, on got that, I side. know
2: you wouldn't be seeing PSG every week, so yeah. <clears throat> maybe it's unfair to put you on the spot. But did you, what was different, bearing in mind that point you're making that he had 12 weeks to plan for Barcelona, what was different about PSG Tuesday night? Yeah. That you might not have seen on a regular PSG. Well, I think we've got to game. judge
0: them probably from the Champions League performances. Yeah, you? we've got to judge them from what we've seen at this, these sort of stages over the last few years. So did,
2: compared to Laurent Blanc, if he'd been the manager, what was different? Well, because the personnel largely the same. Put, Draxler was different. Kempembe, That's about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it's true. Um, it was how how good they were without the ball. Immediately, depressed. I think you, you you commented it on you commented it on uh, on commentary as well. Immediately went and pressed Barcelona. We thought that, you know, there are times when you're playing against Barcelona where you might have to, you know, might have to drop and you might have to allow them loads of possession. But the constant throughout the game, from the first minute, was I tell you what, we're going to go and press them. And when they didn't have the ball, the how quickly and how well organised they were to get back into the ship. It was a well drilled, um, well organised side. It was everything that Arsenal aren't when you look at yeah. when you watch an Arsenal every week. So what they did, they went and pressed them. They recognised that Bumtiti, the centre half isn't great on the ball. And how he, how he plays to Barcelona, I don't know when you're not great on the ball because that's that's the essential part of playing in that side. They recognise that you go and press Titi, you go and press Sergio Roberto, who isn't quick at fullback as well, is not able to move the ball quickly as well. You go and press the two and, and recognise the weakness if they are going to play with the two. I, mean, I didn't think they'd play with the two. I was very, very surprised of, of Iniesta and, and Busquets with that three in midfield because they, they have energy and they've got legs. Which uh, Barcelona have played against this before this sort of mm. style playing against them, but I think it just highlighted a few different things that you can if you go and press them, you go and put them under pressure, and it's almost as if they had a, a they had a plan to win the game. Which, which as as daft as that sounds, they've worked on this plan for for a number of weeks, so it's 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 just second nature to every one of the players. They've had the luxury of having that that spell that that time in the training ground able to implement a plan, and. No, the manager Laurent Blanc certainly wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have necessarily targeted because he played Barcelona a lot of a, a lot mm. over the last few years. Well,
2: Enrique would have seen this unfold, and we knew five minutes in, yeah, that Barcelona are in trouble here. Before I, PSG did. had actually got the goal because 4-1-1. we mentioned several times, I think, in commentary in the first fifteen minutes that PSG they hadn't scored. They, the Barcelona are going to have their purple patch. PSG have to make this period yeah. count, thinking that like one nil would be a brilliant result for them. So it, there were warning signs from pretty much kickoff, and yet. It wasn't until the last few minutes of the first half that Enrique made any kind of a tactical change, yeah. and then he reverted back to how he had started at the beginning of the second yeah, half. Yeah, that was the incredible
0: thing, and we were, we were we were commenting it when when you're watching the match more so when you know you you, you kind of take that step back and you look at it and you're going right how they can play with the two in midfield because you, you might not necessarily get that out of Messi anyway. You're not necessarily going to get that sub performance, but where he's going to have to drop in and do a job. You, you know, sometimes you is that luxury that you're going to have that's going to create for you. So you, you're you not going to get the, the best work rate out of him from a defensive point of view. And that's, that should be the case as well because of, of, of how talented he is. But Andre Gomes was playing as a right winger. Surely, to God, because he's on the near side of of uh, Luis Enrique, you say to him at some stage, I tell you what, we're getting overran, you're going to have to go in, squeeze in and create, create a 3v3. Go man for man, match up there but but they played so wide with Nemo playing so wide on the left Andre Gomes playing so wide on the right and I'm thinking you've got two ball players who need support not necessarily I mean Iniesta again he would have been a player that would have been he would have been decent without the ball Busquets not necessarily the case because he's more of a reader of the game he's always going to sit and he's got the two players in front of him that have got the legs around him so we know that he isn't necessarily the quickest anyway mm. but he needs that that bit of support
2: and it was, so why choose Gomez ahead of Rakitic? I couldn't. Believe who could that. have started and played as that third, third guy alongside Busquets? They had Iniesta. to
0: realise quickly that you have to go with a three. You have to. They, they had to change it to a four-three-three. They had to go that way, and he just didn't. And he continuously played with the two wide wide men in Gomez. He, Gomez just he was a, he was a passenger, total passenger. Neymar was the only player that provided any sort of spark for Barcelona. In in it was wasn't frequent enough, but he did provide that spark for them. But Dave, I was looking, and I, and I kept on thinking. I think, how can you leave those two? Those two are renowned ball players, tremendously, tremendously gifted on the ball. Yet they'd continuously be getting caught out, and that was only with the pace and the energy. McTweedy, you know what McTweedy's going to do? He's going to continuously run box to box. Mm. He's going to keep bombing on. He's going to keep getting himself in goal scoring positions. And it could have been two 0 before they even got the first. It, it certainly could have been one. Um, the chance that Cavani missed when he should have hit it first time when, yeah. he, when he brought it down with the cross. So the warning signs were there, and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't look at those those uh, warnings and say to himself, look, "I need to change things here. I need to rectify." Even when you go one nil down, even two nil down, you're still in the game. Barcelona going back to the, to, to the new camp. You're thinking, "Yeah, well, two nil. It's not the end of the world. They will score because you fancy them score every game they're going to play in." So why he didn't change it I don't know and they continuously got overran and um, and that's what in my head thinking yeah I think this is just the end of that little era that we've, that we've seen with Barcelona and this total dominance that we've seen from them for a, such a long period of time.
2: Yeah they're probably the two most pressing questions that arise from that game <clears throat> if you assume that they won't perform this miracle comeback and turn it around that is this Barca team finished is Enrique finished and is this now a PSG side mm. that can win the tournament? Well yeah, do, you, do you end up reading too much from the game well, the first, by the, making both of those assertions or either of one?
0: Well, maybe the first question, are they finished? Um, no, I don't, I don't think they're finished. You look at Neymar, Messi and uh, Suarez, they're going to cause damage anyway. So, but it, it, it's in behind those three. Where We spoke about it before the game. Are Barcelona overly reliant on those three to, to win games for them? And maybe on that performance, yes. You'd have to say that. Because PK looked limited at the back defensively against uh, Umtiti. Untreated, just look to player that I spoke about before. That yeah, okay, he he isn't going to be the greatest on the ball, but if he isn't the greatest on the ball, you've got to you've got to basically get your positional sense right. You've got to be stopping other people. Mm, positional that from sense was, was so good, awful, awful, Dave. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm He's not... only
2: young though. I mean, yeah. it's unfair to write him off after this. No,
0: game. I know, I know that. But Dave, positional sense, body shape, all these sort of things you're getting caught out. What sort of damage would this game do to him? From yeah. a career point of view, again, I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to rule him out.
2: When you compare it, it to Compenbe, the other end of the pitch, he just looked so at home.
0: Yeah, it felt it though, Dave. It did feel it. It felt to me like what 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 are Barcelona going to do now to influence that? Say that starting eleven the other night, and you maybe you put the twelve with Rakitic in there as well. What are Barcelona going to do to the top clubs around Europe now? to really go on and, and implement the style and, and implement themselves and really go and push against them. I can't I can't see them being that good now. I can't see them being good against the top sides. So I think there's serious change that, that has to be made to the team and there's got to be some pace and some energy, some legs to be put into that team. And just as I say, energy and legs. Oh, he's
2: arrived. In, he's Nathan arrived. Murphy. Energy
1: and R- legs. R- energy and legs, that's what I'm all about. Right on cue. Right on, <laughs> <laughs> right right. That's a whole other story. We've
2: dissected yeah. the... Um, We've done, well. I keep putting in here, Kev. You're presenting. Tell people where we are. Yeah, where well, we are now that we brought Nathan in.
0: Well, yeah, Nathan Murphy just joined us. Hello, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Great, actually. Great. Um, we're just, we've we just we don't need to do
2: all this midway through the podcast. No, we
0: have dissected. Uh, I've not seen him today, though, have I? It's the first time I've seen him. So I just politeness, Great <laughs> manners. Yeah, which is something we know McIntyre doesn't have, have a lot of it. Lot. But we've we've dissected. We've tried to dissect Barcelona um, Barcelona's inept performance at PSG. Um, glad I missed
1: that th- I only saw the highlights I have no TV
0: have you got anything to add on any uh, anything that you've read anything you've seen um, well the two
2: questions that we come up with for the end you take the performance of the two teams is this Barca team finished and can PSG now be a team that can win this competition yeah. uh, so what are your thoughts on both of those
1: finished in Europe this year no, 100% finished, like,
2: as, a, as a as a real force I don't think so
1: no why way. why because they have a front three of Messi yeah. Suarez and Neymar yeah. Who are as good a front three as there is anywhere in the world. It's not yeah. a bad they need a change to of manager. Team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um at centre back, who is one of the best young centre backs in Europe. All right, he might need a little bit of work. Part of their problem is Iniesta suddenly started to look. We, we, his we've age. we've
0: just tore Umtiti apart. So yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: but, I, like <laughs> yeah. he's been poor. Yeah, PK hasn't been particularly good this season. Yes, which I think has had an effect on. Yeah, Umtiti. I do think
0: I do think tactically and you, you touched on it in commentary yourself Dave in the game and we touched on it ourselves maybe when we were in the studio at the game that he got it all wrong Luis Enrique got it tactically wrong on the night playing with the, the lack of energy the lack of legs that they had in midfield in Iniesta and Busquets they were never ever going to be able to outrun outperform that, that brilliant three that PSG had in midfield that night and that was it I thought
2: PSG has competition winners I don't see why not No I don't see why Now the either. only
1: thing is They had a long time To prepare for this game Yeah And it's been spoken about a lot How they almost sacrifice Ligue 1 for a couple of months To concentrate on Coming up with a system what To counter Barca Yeah Will they be able to do that when there's a space of two or three weeks yeah. between this and the next round, and if they it's might a have to
2: play a a, I'm having complete brain freeze here. The fullback they signed from Sevilla has been at Brazilian, absolutely Mar- brilliant. Sergi- Marquinhos? No, Ser- uh, Barça.
0: Sergio Roberto?
2: No, he's no, he's gone now. Oh, Rafinha? No, no. Played with Sevilla one year. Oh, Dani Alves? Yes. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they oh, miss yeah. him yeah. so badly. Like he was inc- incredibly good going forward, but. You always knew he was. There wasn't really a mistake in him at right full back. It either. wasn't
0: even that though, Dave. I think he gives you. You're looking at that the other night with Sergio Roberto. Sergio Roberto. He's not as quick. He's not as dynamic. He can't get forward. He's not going to be creative. Barcelona's game plan was about basically two defending and nine attacking or eight attacking, whatever it would be. They did. They don't have that with the two full. There backs was three
2: attacking got. players on Tuesday, and that was it. It was, but they weren't even able
0: to get into the game. And yeah. with Nathan Totty, that those three would. Would be better than anyone. If certainly as good, if not better than anyone in Europe. But the players behind behind that front three now, I think they need serious surgery. I do think that. Yeah. Okay. We thought that
2: that that game was going to take all the headlines in the weekend, but it didn't. I know, but well, it's
0: not because I I looked at uh, going into this game of the night, and I and you know with Arsenal, uh, the the Arsenal game. I was I was looking at it, and we were we were asking, I was asking, being asked questions constantly before the game. What do you think? And I said. This could be a disaster. It could be a disaster, and I actually think it will be a disaster for for Bayern. I, and and I know it's easier to say now on the outset, but you, you just felt it going in. You just felt it the way they've been performing, and Arsene Wenger was almost blinded by the fact that his team beat Hull at the weekend. And and I tell you something now, they they were actually quite fortunate to beat Hull at the weekend. No, no, they had no, nothing really in in that game where I thought. They're going to go over there to buy. The only hope that they had, that Bayern Munich haven't necessarily been, been performing the best, albeit they've been getting the results this season. So, that was the only thing I had in the favour. I didn't see it under any stretch of the imagination. They were going to go out there to Bayern and win that game. I just could not see it. It's almost boring having this conversation about Arsenal.
1: Like, I listened to you talk to, about it for an hour last night on the football show. Are on you bored? The well... It, I wasn't bored just we've heard it before but like, we literally had this conversation last yeah, week about know. why Arsenal haven't progressed we about, had it last season about the season why they played that. the same system and I was thinking about this today any other manager would be looking at the way Bayern play and looking at Arsenal's record and thinking what will we do different Yeah, maybe I'll play maybe I'll play um, Oxlade Cham- sorry who did he play in the middle last night um,
2: he played uh, Chaka, and, and, uh, Chaka and and
1: Coquelin maybe I'll throw nenny in there as well maybe I'll play three in the middle Maybe I'll go ultra-defensive. and But then the problem you look at that is you're, you have to drop Ozil. Because ideally you'd play three ultra-defensive and you'd have Iwobi one wing, Oxlade-Chamberlain yeah. the other wing. Huge amount of pace that gets you out of trouble. And you get the hell out of there with a one-all yeah. draw. And apparently the suggestion was,
0: even last night when we were doing the show, that we've got an agenda against Meza Ozil and an agenda against Arsenal. Uh, Meza Ozil, for, that, for the first goal, was nothing short of a disgrace. And I know that Coquelin got beat should never have let him get inside. Meza Özil. If anyone were ever, what? If any, I, I, I would insist on someone just looking at the position and the body shape and look at the reaction from Meza Özil as I and Robin goes inside. It was an absolute disgrace. And, I, and, and that, that suggests to me that when we looked at Barcelona the other night as well, and we looked at PSG, 1-11, every single person running for each other. Look at Bayern Munich, 1-11, everyone running for each other. Arsenal, you don't get that. Mesut Ozil does not run, he doesn't work without the ball, and at that level, you get found out.
2: But it wasn't Duna Emory, the absolute opposite of Arsene Wenger. Mm. He's put, he spent 12 weeks trying to put a blueprint in place, at trying to figure out how you beat Barcelona. I wonder, did Arsene Wenger think about Bayern Munich
1: at all well he has to but I was looking at this last night and I'm not sure what this means I don't know but right so the last five and a half seasons since the start of the 2011 season Arsenal have conceded five or more goals on seven different occasions now compare that to Liverpool once Manchester City once I think it was Chelsea twice Manchester United three times now some of them are United conceded five on the last day of the season against West Brom Liverpool conceded six on the last day of the season against Stoke but all of Arsenal's are against elite teams in key games in key games elite teams where you almost think they're the games you can have a freak result but these are the games where actually you were torn apart because you didn't have any sort of tactical plan that meant how do we take on the opposition and you, you spoke about it last night it's both it seems with Arsenal so there's no preparation on the Arsenal side as to what we do differently for Bayern Munich. What are their strengths? Where's the areas that we can capitalise on? Where's the areas that we have to change our system to stop Lewandowski being on the end of crosses? That yeah. we can, how have teams successfully kept Lewandowski quiet this season? Do we replicate that? But on the other side, if you're Carlo Ancelotti, who is a brilliant man, manager by all accounts, but has never been seen as a tactical genius, this must be the easiest game of all time to prepare for. Yeah. They're going to play a 4-2-3-1. Ozil won't track back. They're not going to have three in the middle. If we crowd it in there... We'll win the game. It'll be simple. Yeah, I know.
0: It's... Well it is, it, that's that's a perfect analogy of how it is.
2: If you were a manager, if you were the Arsenal manager, if you are Arsenal Wenger, would you be going through Bayern's results and finding the four games in which they had most difficulty this season and last, and sifting through the DVDs, well, talking to people from the Bundesliga, what happened to them that day, why do they find it so difficult, and then bringing all of your squad, your defence, your players, through how the opposition made life difficult for Bayern, and then you yeah. put it all together in a plan, David, but that clearly doesn't happen.
0: But... Dave, how difficult is that to do? In this day and age, how difficult is that not to do? Not at all, there's so, you much, show, there's you so show, much film. You, you give the lads the videos if you want before they go home at night, you let them look through it, you bring them in the following morning, you look to pick the bones out of things, that's maybe one game. You do it You do it three or four times over a certain period of time. It's not difficult to do. I understand, what we spoke about with Unai Emery, it's almost as if he's... he's put the league aside, but he was still getting results. He wasn't losing games. They've still got enough quality to win the games. You think that they, they, they should be beating the Hulls, the Watford, which they're not necessarily doing anyway. I understand you can't put it all to one side because it brings more pressure on you anyway. But there has to be some sort of plan, which as Stuart Robson pointed out the other week when he was on the show, that Wenger has got the utmost belief in his own players, 1-11, to 1-14. It's about what we do. We will beat them with our quality. So That's what does what he spend his week doing?
2: What does, the, what does Wenger's week consist of if he's not performing video analysis, opposition analysis, defensive setup, tactical analysis? Does he just like put his feet up when he's not on the trainer pitch when he goes home?
1: But that doesn't mm-hmm. go along with everything we've ever heard about Wenger, who is obsessed with the game. He was the guy who... He's not had, obsessed
2: with, he's not obsessed with op-
0: opposition, though.
1: No, he's, but he's obsessed with his... And that's what I'm wondering. So you played against the great Arsenal yeah. teams... Like, was he a tactical genius during that time? Or did he simply match what Manchester United were doing for a lot of it and have a better 11, play a very similar system, play a straight four four two a lot of the time, and just had brilliant players in every single position? Because when you think back to that era, yeah. you spend a lot of the time going through, who'd you pick at right back? You know, Neville or Loren? Who'd you pick at left back? And you could go through, they were so evenly matched. Mm, yeah. And quite simply, Arsenal were, could outpower them at times.
0: Yeah. But there was no grace. let's play three at the back. That's your point there, isn't it? Arsenal could outpower them. Who are they going to outpower now? Who are Arsenal going to go and, as PSG did the night, to buy, uh, to Barcelona, go and trample all over them, go and stand on them, go and make challenges against them? Are Arsenal going to do that? No. There is absolutely no chance Arsenal are going to go and say to a side, I tell you what, we're going to match you by Munich, we're going to match you man for man. We're going to go match you physically, because you haven't got the players that can physically compete. They've probably who likes a bit of a battle the two centre halves I would say that's all I would say Kashelny, uh, sorry um, Coquelin puts his foot in at times but he, he's not physical enough
1: not- Coquelin like two and a half years ago was playing with Charlton in League know, 1 and seemed to have no future at Arsenal was brought back because they were a little bit stuck took his chance in the first team against lesser opposition yeah. and has been kept in, like he's an okay player but at that standard last night I he's don't going to be know. showing up every time
2: well but he's brought El Nelly and a check in over the last two seasons Well then
1: he's got Physicality hasn't so, he He has got physicality
2: He wasn't playing last night Yeah I know And no. Jack,
0: Jack has not got physicality Jack <sighs> I watch your words here, but Jacker is—I—I'd call him a coward. I'd, I'd say something else in my head. Physically but he is a coward,
2: or is it? Yeah. Or hasn't got the can, the he, bravery he, to get on the ball?
0: If if he's running away, if players run away from he stands on the heels. If he was going to go in for a fifty-fifty challenge, i go and nail him all day long because he wouldn't come. He wouldn't come and tackle me. he go and try and go over the top and he go and try and do me in the knee. Gone try. He won't tackle. He's a coward. He is a coward. That's what he is. The tackles that he produces all the time—that's got him sent off. The are all cowards tackles all these bookings are pulling shirts kip, clipping people's so heels. here's one
2: give me two players <clears throat> from clubs currently in the Premier League that are outside the top six that you think would do a job for Arsenal
1: oh, that's, a, that's, a tr- that's a tricky one isn't it but but the uh, thing with Fenger and, uh, just on that, that is when he spends money he generally gets it right when he goes and he spends big You're not looking at Wenger over the last five years And a trail of destruction of When he spends big he gets it right I don't think that Really? Well I'd, I'd say actually, Sanchez I, Sanchez yeah I would say Ozil is getting it right No he's not getting it right in the big games at all Aye, But he's not, been, he's not been given The no. platform to perform to his best Is he? I don't no, think he is No he's not been
0: told He should be told that that performance and that work rate... Again, last night, what he did, I think Joe pointed it out. He's gone in for a challenge in the corner. He slid tackle. He won the ball. He got up and he run about, right? But that's great. But is he been shown the other side of his game where he isn't doing that? And again, I go back to the Robin thing. And he's just watching Robin, who's about five yards away from him. if He, he, might, ne- he might not necessarily have got there. Robin might have had too much patience to get mm. in, but it's the reaction to it. And he should be shown that on video and go that that's not good enough you sh- you should be actually have a look at yourself here have a look at the performances that you're putting in without the ball not necessarily with it because we know he's he's got unbelievable quality and he has but you can't produce all these stats to me that he's having 18 assists every season he's he's scoring eight goals right great assists great stats all these sort of things but on the bigger games when you when you need players that's going to be working more so with without the ball than with it at times I've as the likes of Atletico have produced, have, mm. have got in their side, that's why Atletico and Juventus and these sort of players have got to Champions League finals because of the work rate without the ball. And Arsenal haven't got that calibre player 1-11 to 11, of Real Madrid, of Bayern Munich, of Barcelona, so that's why you need 11 players that's at it and Mesut Ozil doesn't do that.
1: So that's why I'd say no. But if Diego Simeone comes in and takes over to Arsenal next season, do you see a role for Mesut Ozil? If, Does he's, if he's a willing different to adapt man- But that's what I mean I don't know Does Diego Simeone know. Come in him and say I, Bring him in afterwards And go this is happening If you want to stay here you got to change And Ozil changes Like It I, I, doesn't make sense Going back to your point of else That they're I, not outside, coming into training Outside those two then Outside those I two think, But that, they're the two That they've spent The only other Jack one was, was Jacko's 30 million million But Poor. I think when he's on the ball He's alright
2: It is his first season as well like, yeah. Let's not write him off completely After just a I a still small, think that the big problem
1: Is those young Core group of English players who haven't developed... None of
2: which have improved under Arsene Wenger. The manager's brief is to get the best out of the players available to him. He has not improved Oxide chamberlain and Theo Walcott, uh, Kieran Gibbs. He hasn't improved any of those guys as players.
1: Did they go after Kante during the summer? Like, Did they properly go after Kante? There's a player who they could have bought who was available last summer. But, again, would Kante go into that side and would all of a sudden be looking at Kante
0: going... God I don't see it. He's been, been overrun. He's been overrun. Yeah. You know, but now he's got a manager in Conte that's kind of you see Conte what he does on the touchdown and how he gets the best out of the players and what he's doing and I I looked at it the night and I'm seeing Arsenal getting overrun in certain in, in certain periods through that game what would Antonio Conte be doing? He would be screaming at his midfielders, he'd be changing systems, I can tell you that now, changing the system, he'd be screaming at players to go and, go, go and man-mark someone, he'd be trying to squeeze his back four up, if it wasn't working when he was squeezing, he'd be telling them to drop, he would be with his team and telling them exactly what he what he demands from them. And, no, no matter what anyone thinks about managers having influence on the tux line, a lot of the time it doesn't. But with Conte, it does. And he's got a way of, of getting that message across on the
2: tux line to his players. Yeah, was and- there a sense that Wenger abandoned them last night? Uh, he spent very little time on the edge of his technical area. He never does He anymore. never does. He never does dead, So he? the he, players out there know this is going horribly wrong. There's no leaders in the team that can change things on the pitch. And yet their manager is still sitting there was down Alexis doing was only Lexi Sanchez last
0: night that was showing a bit of balls. And he was the one that was, you could see him at times. When he got the equaliser, you're thinking, game on here. Because he had a few spells, Arsenal. And Alexis Sanchez was screaming, come on lads. I'm not, I'm not settling for this anymore. I'm not settling for us just sitting back and being passive and being bystanders in this game. I want to do something. I want to make this happen. And he was the only player that actually showed that.
1: Tactically, it was a disgrace last night. Yeah. Even with Ozil, I would have thought it was such an easy and obvious role for Mesut Ozil It doesn't involve him having to chase 40, 50 yards. He should just sit him beside Xabi Alonso. You say, this guy's going to control the game for Bayern. He doesn't have any legs. He's not going to move. But if you stand beside him every time they have the ball, it's not going to be able to go through him. Mm. Takes out this huge asset for Bayern and means you're probably not that far out of position when we win the ball back. Yeah. But I even know. something like that, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. No, I know. I know. And that's where... Sometimes he might be
0: that creative player he might be that he might be that lad that's going to do something that's slightly different for you Mesut Ozil but you've still got to have that other side to it to your game if I look at uh, I'm just trying to think of some players maybe here that's been playing if I'm looking at Julian Draxler Julian Draxler the night for PSG and I know he's a wide man but Julian Draxler and I, he was given a role, specific role throughout, and he, and he was continuously told by Inner Emery, look, without the ball, you have got to go. I want that work rate from you. I want that desire from you. You have to be doing this. And he'd been nailing it home to him in the weeks leading up to this game. He did the job for the side. And I wouldn't necessarily put, I'd be putting a Draxler in a mould in a, in a mold of a, of a Meza mm. But he had a plan and he had a way. Even Di Maria, Di Maria actually does give you work rate, and he always has given you work rate, with not necessarily having that real maybe quality on the ball at times, that's the one thing maybe that he has maybe lacked. But the other night, watching the two performances, watching those two games, and I've seen coaches from, particularly Emery, Unai Emery just showed me what it is to to be a coach at that level. And I think that was a difference.
2: You think Arsenal could have issues with Sutton United at the weekend? (laughs) I just think
0: mentally going into this game now, you 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 can imagine what's going to happen. The pressure that he'll be under at Wenger when he's going into his next press conference. The questioning that that will be coming in his way. The line of questioning that'll be coming his way. It. I just think it's just going to heap so much pressure on him. And I just think, I, I think they'll 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 probably beat Sutton. They've got way too much of Sutton. Don't get me wrong. But Sutton on an Asher turf pitch. I tell you what, lads, let's get after them. That's that's the message. They'll go back to front. They'll make it horrible for them. And. This is this is the ideal scenario for Sutton United because it it's, li- this literally is a no lose for them.
2: I think we're uh, we're happy enough with. Pouring over the embers of those two games. Anything else, Kev? You want to sort out before you wrap things no, up? No, I don't
0: s- think we've got. Uh, I think I think basically. Normally we look
2: ahead to the games of the weekend. But yeah, I think we, we've the <laughs> FA Cup. Yeah, we're we, we're not really going to concentrate too much
0: in the FA Cup. I think there's too many bigger stories this week from the from the Champions League. So um, would you say
1: the Champions League's bigger than the FA Cup right now, Kevin?
0: No, uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, depend, depends just, which club you are. Let's just record.
1: Let's just record, Kevin here, and then when he, he appears on our BBC, well, it's just it's on just our it. TV screens on Sunday. and He's it's just the magic of the cup, isn't it, Dan? It's just the magic the, of the cup. <laughs> <laughs the, but you're elitist. That's what we dream about. You're elitist, though. You are elitist. I'm I, sorry, I that do I enjoy like enjoy... watching the best footballers in the world.
0: Okay, but you are elitist. I I do like watching grassroots football. I like watching lower league football. I like watching League of Ireland football. You're elitist. I, I
1: watch League of Ireland football. Oh, all so time. oh
0: right. So now you're trying to defend yourself. You've just you've just basically dismissed the FA Cup as a as a nothing event. It is a nothing event. <laughs> no rubbish. Anyway, we're I'm not, anyway, we'll, not, not going to go for into the here. Premier League clubs what games the have at the LA? weekend. Why are
2: we not cup? Co- why are we not previewing each tie now? Then in this podcast, well, so, we- we- we will Lincoln,
0: be in then. the quarters and the semis I tell you sorry tell us about Burnley Lincoln what we should look forward to uh, this weekend I'm not at that game I'm at Huddersfield against Man City which is a great time God. and I'm at Fulham and Tottenham on Sunday Huddersfield who will put out a second string team no they will not Va- Wagner will not put a second string side out the, the what's it called now it used to be called the McAlpine what's it called that stadium now should know no, it no idea we'll or know the when they're title. in the Premier League anyway, next season. anyway we're going to wrap this up now on uh, on that note Um Thanks very much to Dave Thanks to Nathan Thanks for joining me today And uh, good luck I'm sorry You can sit there And look and play With all your silly machines As much as you Shot. like
1: What a stop Just for Ben Ah Jordan Ben yeah! I mean that
0: sort of stuff it, It's been We're better We're bigger than that That interview is just like The performance Flat No. What do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? i mean, say something... <sighs> we, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these
1: conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up,
2: fire it up, when we find-